0: We just degraded
1: our (laughs) (laughs) face. Hey losers, welcome to another episode of Almost Healthy with Emily and Sam. We just wanted to let you know, you're not (laughs) up. Another episode of Almost Healthy with Emily and Sam. Sam, how are we today? We are good. We went up to Vermont for Wellness Wednesday
0: and then we checked the weather and it was supposed to rain and get like almost to freezing so we yeeted back <laughs> down to Amherst but it
1: ended up being a good decision. Um, I also think like getting away was the best Wellness Wednesday out oh, ever.
0: Oh 100%. We both we're like, I cannot do any more work. Yeah,
1: um, And Sam's house is really charming. Um, her little vacation family vacation home. It's like, kind of picture like a very classic vintage 30s home. Like it has an icebox, so it made me feel like I was in the Great <laughs> Depression. Uh, all the furniture was like very vintage. It actually go for a really nice price low-key because it was very like in good shape. Um, and on top of that, she had a really nice vintage sewing machine that I almost wanted to take home that still worked.
0: Yeah, we have a Singer sewing machine with, like, a foot treadle. I think that's what it's called.
1: Do, do sewing machines? I thought sewing machines still have that. Am I wrong? Well, so
0: this one, there's, like, a a wheel and then there's a cord. So, like, when you oh. move the foot part, it moves the wheel and that's how you get the sewing machine to stitch whereas the ones we have nowadays are um it like tells how fast the machine should go the pressure you apply
1: with your foot so there you go
0: sewing machine (laughs) facts um but how are you emily i'm a little tired um sam and i just had bagels we did we are recording this not
1: fasted for the first time
0: we're recording fed (laughs)
1: And we are drinking coffee, so I'm sorry if you hear my gulps. <laughs> are you ever on Zoom and you're, like, gulping, um, and you have your headphones in and they hear your gulps? I mute myself. Okay, well, sometimes I'm in group work, and I, like, drink water, and I'm like, everybody just heard me gulp. It's a really unsettling.
0: episode we had to cut this out but um we came up with a little drinking game if you'd like to play along um and because this is a health and fitness podcast instead of alcohol which is toxic for your body <laughs>
1: um, we suggest that you do shots of kombucha okay so sam and i will go off words that we will say and that we say often that if you drink or if we say them you have to drink so if I say, if either of us, I think, say diet culture in this
0: yeah. episode. Yeah, every time we say diet culture, take a shot.
1: Every time I say vibes or anything related to, like, high-key, low-key, and vibes. Yeah. What would mine be? Well, Yours was any time you degrade me. <laughs> <laughs> any time I accidentally insult Emily. <laughs> um, any time I mention kale. <laughs> Because I do have a kale finish. <laughs> I just made Sam so uncomfortable. No, no.
0: I was just thinking back to our last episode when we went on like a 10 minute tangent about kale salad. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know we had that much inside of us about kale. It's a very loaded vegetable.
1: It's a very controversial vegetable.
0: Oh, and then the last thing is anytime I say, like, you do you, or like, do what makes you happy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, Sam, what's today's topic? I'm putting this on you because it's really uncomfortable to say.
0: Yeah, we tried recording yesterday. And we just kept dancing around it. So the topic of today's podcast is body image. And specifically, body positivity. Yeah,
1: the body positivity movement But Sam and I have some opinions on.
0: So the thing that started this conversation is we were talking about Cassie Ho from Lotties and her 90-day journey.
1: So if you don't know her 90-day journey, essentially, she made a video about it and we can always... Link to it, but she essentially felt like she was in the worst place of her life. Like she stresses that she was feeling awful mentally. It was during COVID. Um, And she decided that she was going to go on a 90 day journey and blog about it and be completely honest and unhinged on her blog for the first time in years and really serve herself and go on this journey for herself rather than anyone else
0: yeah which was something really interesting for both of us because i think emily you've talked about how you feel better when you're eating and exercising in like a way that
1: yeah so when i eat cleaner and when i exercise Mm -hmm. i tend to just have better mental health and i think there are a lot of scientific links to that um but we've also, Sam and I have also kind of both treaded on and crossed over many times the link between like wanting to feel better and becoming obsessive about our weight. Um, and, you know, being like, well, and kind of putting the emotion back in food and the control back in food. And so it was really interesting to us that aladdis or Cassie Ho was going on this journey um, and that she was also getting a lot of hate for it. Yeah,
0: we watched the video before recording, and the first five minutes, she's just talking about how, like, I don't have an eating disorder, if numbers trigger you, please don't watch this, and just, like, just saying all of these things that feel really obvious, and I think one of the reasons why she was saying that is because she just gets negative comments about that all the time and i think that must be really hard and
1: like it it was so interesting because before it was you know this girl is like essentially not skinny enough to be a trainer because she doesn't look fit enough um
0: and now people are saying she's too skinny right and that she's perpetuating diet culture and
1: and to us that is the toxic positivity of body positivity it's You have to love yourself no matter where you're at even if you don't feel mentally okay with yourself.
0: Yeah like some days you just don't like the way your body looks and I feel like how you look physically
1: should be the least interesting part of you. Like Sam and I have definitely been like wow this is like the person that is our goals right? Like we really want abs, and we really want a thigh gap. And I'm sure people with abs and a thigh gap also get up in the morning and look at themselves in the mirror someday, and they're just like, nope. Yeah, for the longest time,
0: I thought if I had, like, visible abs, I would be happy. And then I had a GI flare-up, and it made me, like left me, like, unable to eat for a really long time. And so I lost a lot of weight, and then you could see my abs, and... I was really disappointed when I was not happy at the end of that. Well, because I think when both of us are feeling down, usually or my brain at least goes, well, if I was like skinny or hotter, then you know i wouldn't be as sad right which it, is not how it works
1: it's like i kind of feel like when you're feeling down the first thing you go after is your image because it's what you you see when you look in the mirror and it's like well if i was pretty i'd be more confident and if i was more confident i wouldn't be feeling sad and i would like you know go through life happier and you are a human with emotions like that's not how it works
0: it's also so funny because your image is one of the hardest things that for you to change
1: right Um, and I think also, like, so much of my image depended on others' perception of me and the media, like, how I aligned with the media. Like, it was outside figures. Oh, well, guys, like, not to be heteronormative, (laughs) but guys, like... That was
0: very heteronormative (laughs) of you, Emily. (laughs) Put a dollar in the
1: heteronormative jar.
0: Um, but... Um, just... I think body image is really a personal and vulnerable thing to talk about, and, um, this is very much our opinions, and I want this to be a conversation. Right. And not just us telling you, like, here's
1: how to love yourself, because we don't know. Sam and I have really yet to figure this out completely. You know, this is a journey, and you do ebb and flow, um... I also think like what works for, I hate the people that are like, if you just say a bunch of affirmations in the mirror every day, you'll wake up one day and you'll love yourself. Cause like there's not one solution for this. It depends on who you are and what works with you.
0: Or also the just love your body. That's like saying
1: just run a marathon. That's the other thing about the body positivity movement, movement. You're just supposed to wake up and just like love yourself. And that's not, that's like getting to the result without doing the work not that's not life and I would like to
0: say that there are a lot of things we appreciate about the body positivity movement um like I think in the past couple of years people who are like medium sized have become more visible Mm -hmm. and I really appreciate that because growing up I was always taller and just like a little bit bigger than everyone else in my class and seeing people who looked more like me and less, like, a size double zero.
1: Right. And I also think...
0: Alone.
1: Sorry, I didn't want to get you off. Um, I also think that it forces companies to cater fashion towards bigger people and not just skinny people. Because Sam and I were talking about how a lot of trends right now are really focused on, like, wearing, a, like, really short shorts and, like, a bra top which also caters towards skinny people
0: I think for designers it's really easy to make clothes that are flattering for a really small frame and that making clothes that flatter medium or larger frames is just more challenging and I think a lot of people are against that because it feels like more work and I think the designers who do work around that or innovate in that space work really hard and I appreciate them for that
1: yeah I also so my mom um she did a lot of marketing but she worked at Nordstrom's on almost every level like she was did a salesperson she you know did a lot of organizing for them mm-hmm. um and one of the things she told me growing up were that was that Models are supposed to be skinny because they're not supposed to be the focus. It's supposed to be the clothes that are the focus. And, like, it's easier to just drape clothes on top of, like, a skinny person than it is to do, like, a bigger person. And, one, that's toxic. But, two, I think that that really put things into perspective for me that, like, oh, it's it's essentially to take – put the focus on the art rather than the person. And I like that fashion is now slowly becoming about focusing on the person rather than just the art and how the art reflects the person.
0: I agree. Because, yeah, it's kind of dehumanizing viewing models as clothing hangers.
1: Essentially mannequins. Like, that's basically what my mom always told me because my mom used to organize the fashion shows and sometimes help with the models, which is why... God bless my mom, because she has picked out every single piece of clothing I've gotten the most compliments on in my life. Every single one. Like, everybody's always like, my mom has the worst taste in fashion. No, my mom's taste in fashion rocks. Like, it is the best. I think I need Melissa to help me pick out clothes. <laughs> Melissa's styling service. That's what we should do. Because honestly, ah, oh, great woman.
0: Oh, even though we don't have the answers to how to like your body, Emily, is there anything you do that makes you feel better, especially like when
1: you're having a hard time? Um, I think a lot of it is taking the judgment out of it, which is so hard to do. And I will tell you the only reason I stopped doing it was because, so I was in ninth grade. I was telling Sam this story on our drive home from Vermont yesterday. I was in ninth grade and I was in the musical. Surprise, I'm a choir girl. <laughs> like, I'm a theater kid. Did you expect oh, yeah. anything less? We're
0: both former theater kids.
1: Um, so I was in 42nd Street in ninth grade, which I was in the best shape of my life in ninth grade. Not only because I was working out, but because I was going to two-hour rehearsal and tapping every day for two hours. Right and Tapping I, is a great workout. Tapping is such a good workout. And on top of that, I would go home and I would practice on my hardwood floor. And so I'd do that for like 45 minutes, and that like whips your butt into shape.
0: Hop shuffle step falafel, ball chain.
1: <laughs> Time step, baby. <laughs> um, if you know, you know. But I remember my friend would was going to grab, like my our friend had brought in a bunch of donuts. And uh, one of my friends went to grab a second donut and I like gave her a really dirty look as she was doing it because I was like judging her for eating another donut. And she brought it up years later and was like, that really hurt when you did that. And so it essentially took like understanding how my judgment was not only affecting myself but other people for me to be like okay it might be time to take the judgment out of food and to be a little bit more forgiving towards yourself when you like want to eat ice cream or skip a workout or like you know you you listen to your body you know not just your emotions and your feelings but you really listen to where you are mentally and you push yourself if you can, right? Like, if I'm sleeping all day and I haven't exercised in two weeks and I feel like crap and I don't want to exercise, but I know exercise makes me feel good, then you have to push yourself. But if you've worked out, like, five days a week and you're like, I want to take a rest day and eat some pasta, that's okay.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when you're in that space where, like, it's been two weeks and you haven't left your bed, I, what I do is I'm like, all right, Samantha. You just have to do five minutes. And after five minutes, you can stop. And usually I continue to work out, but sometimes I don't. And then I still feel good about myself because I worked out more than I would have if I hadn't.
1: Right. And if you start to focus on how working out and eating right makes you feel, um, right? Like you talked about how you focus on like how food makes you feel after rather than... Yeah, just because I think...
0: Yeah, so I think with a lot of, like, disordered eating, food becomes so much more than just fueling your body Mm -hmm. and connecting socially with people. There's guilt and wanting to be in control and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when I shifted my focus away from um, metrics... And thinking about, like, calories and macros and where does this fit? And more towards how do I feel after I eat it? Because having a GI disorder, a lot of foods make me feel terrible Mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, That really changed my mindset. And then it wasn't what food is healthy because you'll be staring at your fridge for hours if you try and do that. Right. It was what food can I eat that I know... I'll feel okay
1: after. And also a lot of times I'll focus on what I think is going to alleviate anxiety and that's the emotion I attach to food. And so I'm thinking about how it's going to make me feel in the moment. And so I used to come home And I'd be like, okay, I want something sweet because something sweet is going to alleviate my anxiety. And so then I'd eat something sweet. And then I'm like, okay, now I want something savory. And so then I'd eat something savory. And then I was like, okay, now I want something crunchy because I need a different mouthfeel. And it would be like, and then I'd eat like a huge, it wasn't even a snack. It was like a mini meal of just like various different snacks um, because I was so focused on how I was going to feel in the moment. And not focused on how I was going to feel after. Um, And sometimes, like, you just have to walk away. (sighs) Like, sometimes it's just walk away from your fridge and your pantry. Like, just walk away. Um, I think that's something I talk a lot about, too, is, like, change your environment. Like, go outside. If you're feeling like crap and you're staring at your fridge for, like, 15 minutes go outside or take a shower (laughs) or like drink some water or get some tea or coffee I will say on the
0: opposite end though if you're struggling with restricting I know that can make food cravings so much worse yes and so I think giving yourself permission to eat the foods you're craving can be really healing um yes just because otherwise and I think This is like what I've heard binge eating disorder is like, is that you restrict all day and then the cravings just become impossible to resist. And that's
1: a big factor of why some people binge. I think when you have disordered eating, it's also kind of noticing like, I'm falling into this trap, which is really hard to do in the moment.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what makes um, having a difficult relationship with food so challenging is it's not like alcohol... Or drugs where you can just cut it out of your life. You have to eat.
1: Yes. (laughs) And it's hard too because it's like you have to take the judgment out of it, but you have to use a little judgment. You have to, you know, not obsess about the control, but you also kind of have to like control yourself a little bit, right? And so it becomes this really weird, awkward middle that like we don't really know where you land. It kind of depends on who you are. And, and then you get so in your head about it right.
0: that you're like, fine, I'm just not going to eat.
1: And that's kind of why I liked your approach about the experimenting. So something that's really helped me
0: with my mindset and my body image is kind of treating it like a science experiment and taking all of, a lot of the emotions and the personal accountability out of it. But like, for example... I think a lot of people struggle with keeping ice cream in their fridge. I think the obvious thing is to, like, restrict it. Like, either I'm not going to buy it or I'm not allowed to eat it. Mm -hmm. And then you end up eating the whole thing in one night. And you feel terrible about yourself. And you're like, well, I have no self-control. Like, I feel gross. And so instead of that, you can, like, see it as kind of an experiment. Like, if I give myself permission to have, like, a spoonful of ice cream every time I'm craving it, does that extend the duration of ice cream in my freezer? And then you look at the results. Either it does, the experiment works, or the experiment does not work. And then you modify your variables. You try something new, maybe a new flavor, a different kind of ice cream, mm-hmm. um, eating more satiating meals during the day. And suddenly it's not about your value as a person or your ability to control what you eat Mm -hmm. it's did this work if not what might work but I know in yoga something we say a lot is focus on the effort let go of the results which I understand is the exact opposite of consequentialism that we were just talking about earlier but I think when you're really struggling with not getting the desired results Being able to focus on, well, I did try, can feel like you're giving yourself a break and having grace. And then I think it makes it easier to try again in the future.
1: Right. Um, I also, as a person who had to research paganism, this is going to be so triggering for people, but paganism and witchcraft, a essentially a for, something from psychology this actually isn't even related to spirituality but something from psychology that has been adapted into spiritual practices is called shadow work and essentially it is I forget who came up with it um but it's essentially we have ourselves and our shadow selves and so um for instance like <laughs> it's kind of like that those like intrusive thoughts that are like you're driving and then you're like what if I crash like, that's your shadow self. Or, um, <laughs> or like, um, it's like, you know, a lot of internalized racism is your shadow self. Like, the parts of yourself that you would hide from the rest of the world because you're not proud of them. Like, the parts you feel ashamed of yes. or that scare you a little bit. Yes, because they tend to be darker. And I think everybody has a shadow self. And I find that a lot of my body image issues and a lot of my confidence issues relate to things with my shadow self um and there's a lot of journals and a lot of things out there a lot of resources that you could use to work with that um and so moral of the story is shadow work is a really great um tool not just to focus on body image but just to focus on your confidence in general have you done shadow work i have um a lot of times <laughs> I have tarot cards. So if you do have tarot cards, you can pull for shadow Emily work. is
0: very Californian. She has crystals
1: and tarot cards and plants. Yes, I am just a cottage core plant mom who loves her spiritual thing. I think also sometimes we have thoughts or parts of ourselves that are really
0: scary. And so when they come up, we try and like push them down. Mm-hmm. And that causes them to like faster and when you finally take a moment to like recognize what's going on or like tell someone you realize it's not nearly as big as you thought it was right and all of a sudden it doesn't hold this power over you and that can be really liberating
1: um i also think that speaking of like the ability to communicate we can communicate to the people that might fuel our body image issues like i had to tell my mom to stop passing judgment on my outfits when I walked out the door because she always told me that like if something didn't look smooth like if it was like lumpy that I wasn't supposed to wear it because it wasn't flattering and I had to tell her like that's not cool.
0: Yeah it's so interesting how many of my friends like casual comments from their family members really mess with their image of themselves like I have a friend whose mom told her that she didn't look good in stripes or the
1: color yellow. Which is, it's it's hard because they mean that in the best way possible because they're our parents and they want us to look good. But the outcome just wasn't what she intended. It really hurt me.
0: Yeah, I mean, on the drive to get breakfast bagels, we were talking about consequentialism because that came up in my medical ethics class and how, you know... Your moral value can be judged on just the consequences of your actions rather than the intentions and kind of the idea that you can be a good person and do bad things because your moral value isn't based off of one action, but rather everything you do. Um,
1: the other thing Sam and I talked about was it's not only about communicating your emotions to the people around you and how it makes you feel, but it's also about filtering out the media you intake. Mm. Like, Sam and I no longer click on the exercise videos that are like, how to get your bikini body. 10 moves to get rid of hip dips. How to thin out your thighs. Like, how to build a better booty. And it's so sad because so much of those, like, exercises are actually great. Like, a lot of the thigh exercises are like, uh, plie squats and, like, variations on plie, plie squats and, like, donkey kicks and all of those are great moves. But when you attach that, like, oh, I'm doing this to get the perfect body, it, like, puts fuel into the fire.
0: Yeah, I just feel like now I work out to feel good about my body and if I'm thinking about all the things I want to change or the things I don't like, that does not make me feel good. Right. And... I just cannot be self-conscious when I'm working out.
1: Because then, my other thing is when I'm self-conscious, I get hypercritical if I'm not doing a move right. Yeah. Which it's like, sometimes you're just not going to be able to do your hip dips correctly. And that's okay. Like, you're starting out. Yeah, I mean,
0: especially coming from um, an, an alignment-based vinyasa background, there's a huge focus on doing the poses correctly. And I think there's a lot of value to that. But as a perfectionist, it's also really daunting. And I just recently got into weightlifting and that is like learning a new language. Um, And I just kind of had to give myself permission to make mistakes and to do things that'll make me look dumb. Because you're not going to be perfect the first time you try lifting weights. Right. Like, do your research. Don't don't just walk in there and lift the heaviest thing you can find. Right. And
1: ask for help. Exercising is a craft. Whether or not you (laughs) want to believe it, it is. People devote their entire lives to it, which is why it kind of goes back to being forgiving of your body, of yourself, of how you look in the mirror, of how you get up in the morning, if your workout is successful or not, if you eat chips and guac for all three meals a day or not. Um, I literally had chips and guac for dinner the other day because I was like, nope. Sometimes you have a kale salad. Sometimes you eat a family-sized bag of popcorn. And that's okay. Sam and I went through family-sized bag of popcorn yesterday. That is our favorite snack. (laughs) And on that note. Ready? Kale, diet, culture, vibes, high key, low key. Sam made me feel bad about myself. Take five shots. <laughs> Wait, what did I say that made you feel bad I about yourself? I, I, you didn't. I just want to make them take shots. Shots, shots,
0: <laughs> shots, shots, shots,
1: shots, shots.
0: Okay. When you edit this in post, I think you should just add in audio of us saying the drinking words. <laughs> like. <laughs> Wait, that would be so funny vibes. You do you. Kale. The hi hat. The unsung hero of of the the drum drum kit. kit. So the recipe of the week is spring rolls. Emily and I are kind of obsessed with them right now. Yeah. It's very much my go-to meal when we're hanging out. We want something kind of healthy, but we don't want a salad.
1: And we want something light. Like, Sam and I are not always hungry for, like, a steak and potatoes, you know? I don't eat steak. Okay, well, I'm not always hungry for steak and potatoes, Miss Vegetarian. Pescatarian. Yes. Pescatarian. Um,
0: and I think a really fun thing about spring rolls is that they're so versatile. Mm-hmm. It can be just a, what's in my fridge and how can I use it? Right. Kind of like a stir fry, but you don't have to turn on the oven or the stove. What are your favorite things to put in a spring roll?
1: I like what we've been doing where it's like spring mix, carrots, uh, cucumber, avocado, and fried tofu. Mm, yeah. And then I, I do like the peanut sauce you've been making, which is like classic Asian. It's literally like, what is it? What do you make? Uh, I don't know how, how authentic it is, but I usually put,
0: um, oh gosh, there's like peanut butter, mirin, rice vinegar, soy sauce, sometimes garlic and ginger. Um, It's really just one of those things you keep tasting until you get it right. And then I also like to thin it out with a little
1: bit of water. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's actually like the perfect consistency for dipping. Hi, Mr. Bird. Oh my gosh. The birds woke us up at
0: what, like five this morning? I
1: woke up. They woke me up at six.
0: Oh, I think spring rolls are an excellent way to eat more salad greens. Yes. Um, just because they get really compacted and then you don't have to... Because I think sometimes eating a salad with a fork is, like, harder than it needs to be. I also
1: just like eating salad with my hands. I do it all the time. When I
0: was in middle school, I used to take, like, the family size thing of spinach and just snack on it. Yeah,
1: I know people that do that. It's really funny. Um... I also think Sam has the key to making your rice paper not soggy and disgusting to work with. Oh, right. So a lot of people think they need to soak their rice paper
0: sheets until it is malleable. And the secret is you only want to soak it long enough that it becomes saturated with water. And then when you put it down to roll and fill, by the time you have all your fillings in it will become soft and wrappable. Mm-hmm. And then you won't have to deal with it sticking or creasing weird. You don't need to
1: soak it as long as you think you do. It's Yeah, it's honestly like a good like 15 seconds, maybe. Yeah. Um, cause Experiment it with it. That's the theme. Experiment and judgment-free, baby. Baby! You do you! You do you! Shot, 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 shot. I also shots. think it would be really fun to put, like, kale and do like kale mango or like Ooh, just try
0: really good yeah I did one that was rainbow so I had like yes. red cabbage I don't think I had any blue actually
1: yeah well blue food is really really I don't think there's I think blueberries might be the only natural blue food right maybe
0: there's very Percy few Jackson
1: remember how he was obsessed with blue food did not read those books and i'm vetoed that's what sam's face is saying
0: listeners if you read the percy jackson books please reach out and verify the fact that he like had a thing for blue foods and what did he eat like blue corn chips
1: that note are we done i think so um follow me on instagram i guess if you want (laughs) (laughs) it's emily e-m-i-l-e-e k -K 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 klein k-l-e-i-n-n um and dm us dm me if you have anything you want to say um sam and i will hopefully make a instagram for this podcast yeah well this
0: is crazy because this might be our last episode of the season right before we
1: break for summer this probably is going to be it and so we'll until to, next un- year yeah, i was about to say it. we'll probably reconvene next semester we have
0: so many podcast topics we want to talk about.
1: it's a little ridiculous but yeah we have
0: a shared google doc and it goes on forever
1: um so we might see you again but in case we don't bye good luck with finals have a good rest of the semester um and i hope your summer plans turn out do you have anything to say um
0: just remember someone loves you (laughs) okay